All right, welcome to the J-Bone Show. On this episode, my guest is David Asher from Saginaw, Michigan. He's the lead vocalist and lead guitarist for the bands The Process and Dab. Um, he's going to call into the show. We're going to get to know Dave a little bit. We're going to talk about his music career thus far for both of his bands. Um, he's going to school us a little bit on this reggae music and the culture behind it. Um, he's also going to play us some tracks from both of his bands throughout the show. He's going to shoot us a little wisdom later on for anybody trying to get into the music industry on how to protect yourself. So stick around for that. Some good advice from somebody who knows his shit. Um, also, at the end of the show, you're going to get exclusive premiere from Dab. It's their latest. It's called 47 Shots. And you're going to get the story behind that as well. Um, all that's coming at you right now. But before we get that conversation started, here's a track from The Process. It's called Rap Down. And it's on the J-Bone Show. Have to be. 
All right, welcome into the show. Uh, like I said in the intro, my guest today, David Asher, frontman from the band The Process and Dab. And we got David Asher on the phone right now. Dave, welcome to the J-Bone Show, man. Hey, hey J-Bone, what's going on, brother? Nothing much, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, I just want to, you know, uh, I call in and speak with you a little bit. And lots of respect uh, to you for uh, all your uh, efforts in uh, promoting Michigan artists. Yeah, you know? man. We need, we need more of that. We need more of that. And uh, so, yeah, big respect to you for that. Thanks brother. a lot, man. I appreciate it. You guys got some good music. I've been listening, man. I, I just looked. I looked back in the archives of the show. I actually played your uh, the first song. The first time I played you guys was back in November. Oh really? Yes. I'm like, whoa. That's that's actually been a long time coming. Yeah, I know. A lot of people tell me that they hear the you know Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde on the radio. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I've been hearing that a lot more lately. You know, thanks to your efforts, and that's appreciated. Yeah, that's a good track too. We'll hear it later in the show. So. Like I usually do, I don't know if you've heard previous shows, but I just kind of shoot from the hip. I ask some questions, man, and just keep it rolling. Oh, absolutely. Right on, man. So, no holds barred, brother. That's right, man. Completely uncensored. <laughs> uh, right. So when did, when did you start getting into music, man? What, what was first for you? Oh, I guess, gosh, I must have been about 13 or 14 years old. And uh, I don't know, it's funny because my mother had a couple rock albums. My mother was a jazz drummer, and uh, she was a multi-instrumentalist like me. And... Uh, but she, uh, you know, she had like Jimi Hendrix smash hits and she was trying to learn Mitch Mitchell's drumming, which she never could really do. She was more like a regimented uh, drummer that also played jazz, but she couldn't pick up on the rock vibe too well. And, and she had like, I don't know, Simon Garfunkel and Bob Dylan, stuff like that. But I guess the real first group that I got into was the Beatles. And oh, right probably, especially John Lennon, you know I mean? Uh, and that uh, was my, was my favorite. And, uh, and uh, so that was probably, I was about 14 years old and I, you know, I bought up a bunch of that stuff and, uh, then I uh, started branching out my, my listening. I got into Dylan and, uh, and you know, uh, Clapton and Cream. And then uh, I discovered the Island Records label, okay. uh, which through, through this group called Traffic, which back in the 60s and 70s was fronted by Steve Winwood, and uh, who's known uh, really as an 80s pop star, but he's a very progressive rock artist. And that label, Island Records, uh, I started getting really interested in every group that was on that label because the, they were so eclectic and they were such great groups. I mean, there was like John Martin and Brian Eno and uh, all these different other great groups besides Traffic. And so I noticed one name kept coming up and it was actually the label boss who was who produced a lot of the music. It's this guy named Chris Blackwell, who was an Anglo-Jamaican uh, guy that had made his fortune in uh uh, gambling and uh, but his family fortune was like uh, you know remember the little sauces across in Blackwell like the little little meat sauces and tins that they came in and so his family came from that and uh, on his mother's side they were one of the, uh, the the eleven families of the richest Jamaican family so he had family money and between that and his gambling uh, 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 occupation he managed to put together a, a little Jamaican label that he licensed called Trojan that he licensed uh, in England and then eventually. Uh, to license Jamaican records in England. And then eventually he backed away from that a little bit and got more into doing rock music and discovered artists like, you know, Cat Stevens and Emerson Lake and Palmer. And I mean, in the end, they've done U2 and Melissa Etheridge. I mean, yeah. Island is a huge conglomerate. Now it's owned by Polygram. But it was, a, it was an eclectic little label in the 70s. But one day I was, you know, going through the record store, you know, <laughs> looking at the vinyl records, and I saw Bob Marley. And uh, it was the album Kaya, I think, was the first one I bought. And I remember it had Bob's picture on the cover, and he had a big smile on his face. And, 
And I flipped the album over, and there was a big burning spliff, a beautiful painting of a burning spliff by yeah. Neville Garrick, his art director. And I looked at that album, and I guess it was his smile that beguiled me. But I thought, and then I saw that name, Chris Blackwell, Island Records. I said, well, you know, I've got to check this out. And uh, and so I went to took that album home, and basically changed my life. You know, within within you know three or four years, I was starting to take Rastafari pretty seriously. And uh, but that's the spiritual aspect of it. The musical aspect. Uh, that's what brought me into reggae music. And then really, I didn't really realize the whole story of reggae music, which is really something you can never really wrap your brain around. Right, um, right. It's, like a, it's like an ocean. It's so deep and wide. You can't swim it. You can't dive it. You'll never get to the bottom and you'll never make it across. It's so much. And I didn't really realize that till Bob passed. And after Bob passed away in 1981, I started to realize uh, that there were all there were as many great reggae singers and artists and producers, mixers, instrumentalists, as there were stars in the sky or sands on the beach. I mean, there were so many. And, uh, you know, it just kind of blew me away. And uh, so now, now I, one side thing I do is I DJ reggae music. And, uh, and I have a, a radio show over in the UK called The Anya Sound Sunday Roast, which supports this this record label that uh, that we, we work with occasionally. And oh, right on. Uh, so I do that show. I've been doing that for like three years. I think we're coming up on our 50th show. And uh, but so, yeah, so I DJ reggae, you know, and uh, I stick, you know, my era of reggae is like, you know, anything from the, the mid 60s up to the mid 80s. It's, I mean, I like some of the new stuff, too, mm. but that's kind of my niche right there. You know, right. Uh, it's the, what they call the golden age of reggae. And so that's how I got into reggae music and Bob Marley. And uh, as far as myself playing music, uh, I started playing guitar when I was about 17. I got a Bob Dylan songbook and some, you know, other books of different things and tried to try to learn different chords. And, and almost as soon as I started learning songs, I started taking them apart and writing my own. No, right it was easy. It was easier, you know, than sitting around trying to learn these complicated yeah. songs. If I could just take pieces and I make my own song up, I enjoyed that more. So I was a songwriter from a pretty early age, but I didn't really start having a lot of success with it. Uh, until I met this, this this guy Garrett Owen, uh, who's a guitar player for the process, and uh, that would have been back in the the, the mid '80s, and or, yeah, and I guess our first release came out in 1991, which was Mystery Babylon, and that was a that was a home production, and then we did another couple albums, and then we started you know getting into some really professional studios and getting budget and different producers working with us, and so we started taking it to another level uh, in about 1996, which would have been Craven Dog was the album. And, that's that's uh, one that you sent me. Yeah, that's one I yeah. sent you. And I actually sent you. I think it might have been one of my last copies I've got laying around here. Man. I thought for you to really get an idea of what the band. I, does, yeah, I've I've been playing know? it since I got it. They're both in in my CD player, and I'm just yeah, that's that's, that's good that's shit, man. One. I think they're both really great albums. I mean, we've done we've done two other ones since then. Uh, we did one called Blood and Bones in 2002, and that was a really good one. I, I liked that one quite a bit, and that's only available digitally now uh, through kind of a major distributor called the Orchard. And that's the only record that we did through the Orchard. And then uh, there's a dub version of Mad Band, uh, which maybe I'll send down to you at some point, uh, called Dub World. Right and uh, we did that with a lot of the same people. We did a lot of the. I mean, I don't know if you looked at the credits on uh, who was that Mad Band, but that album was done in seven different studios or nine different yeah, studios. Yeah, I, 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 I see a lot of features on there. Yeah, there's a lot of different guest artists on there. Um, Lee Scratch Perry, the reggae legend. I mean, that that's that is the man. He's the godfather of reggae. And uh, through Adrian Sherwood, our, our friend and producer over in the UK, uh, Lee came to be on the album. And uh, and of course, Skip McDonald, uh, known as Little Axe, they were the original Sugar Hill production team. So they produced all the great original hip hop and rap 
I mean, those guys, they are the originators. And uh, so Skip has, you know, gotten to be a good friend of mine. He's actually come here and performed in Bay City a couple times. Oh, sweet. And stayed at my house, yeah. And uh, so I've got to work with those guys. Ghetto Priest, another great, great talent. And uh, so, yeah, that album was a real pleasure to do. And then I was just over there again last summer working with Adrian. And, I mean, Adrian's known really as a dub producer, which is like the remix style of reggae. But Adrian uh, has worked with Nine Inch Nails and Skinny Puppy and Ministry and a lot of different industrial groups. So I guess in the States, maybe he's a little more known for that. But in Europe and the rest of the world, definitely more for dub music, I would say. But, you know, maybe both equally. He's uh, got a pretty diverse palette of everything. He's worked with Depeche Mode. I mean, and, uh, you know, Dub Syndicate is one of the groups on their label, African Head Charge, groups like that. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, so he's, uh, you know, he was always a hero of mine. I, actually, you know, to tell you the truth, really, to put the, the concept together for the process, I've been following the Omni Sound label for a couple of years, and I got the idea that, well, this is kind of a do-it-yourself ethic, you know, which punk really right. was, you know, and it is. And I, I thought, well, they're, look what they're doing here. They're mixing rock and punk and reggae and dub, and, I mean, it's pretty much, they're doing it all. I could maybe do something like that. Yeah, and so I, I, you know, got a hold of Garrick, who was my neighbor, and we'd been playing together quite a bit, and uh, started writing songs together. Started playing like four or five nights a week. We were just fanatics, and uh, we 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 were too too crazy to stop. You know, we, we used to have a house <laughs> down in Durant, so we'd drive down from Saginaw after work. You yeah. know, pack a big load of a big spliff and head down there, and you know, and play for several hours, and then you know, grab our amps and, and head home. Hey, that's you know? what so that's what brings out the art, right there, man. Yeah, yeah, it took a while, you know, it took us a lot to get to a level where we were really, you know, that we would stand out. And then uh, we met uh, an old, another old friend of ours, you know, a guy named Bill Heffelfinger joined us, and he's a multi-instrumentalist, and uh, he was uh, been with us for a long time. And then we had this other drummer named Eric Ineshko, who's a Polish kid from Saginaw, a really, really good drummer. And he was with us for about 12 years, and then he moved to Chicago, and then uh, Gabe Gonzalez uh, from George Clinton's P Funk All Stars joint, oh, nice. and so Gabe played again. Gabe played with us for about twelve years, and uh, and then during that time, Bill had moved. Bill Hevelfinger had moved to Las Vegas to teach, and and in between then, kind of like Seth Payton, my friend Seth Payton, who had played in a band called Stamped, which was pretty popular in the Tri Cities, a ska band, uh, joined up, and uh, that was kind of in the middle of making Who Is That Mad Band. So that album kind of okay. went through a metamorphosis you know, from the old style process, pointing towards future directions, I would say. And uh, more of a, you know, of a, a, a wooden sound or not necessarily acoustic, but more of a natural sound. Yeah. And not as hard rock, not as hard rock as what the process was. I mean, you know, we, we with the process, we could go from heavy dub to speed metal. Yeah. I mean, our, our stuff was, <laughs> you know, it was all over the place. Yeah. But whereas with, with, with this new band that we, I want to say, you know, Seth, uh, Seth passed away today, actually, two years ago. Right, yeah, I seen that on your very, Facebook. On yeah. Very day, yeah, on this very day, two years ago, and uh, <laughs> I mean, everybody that loved that young man, everybody that knew him, loved him, and uh, you know, so at that point, I decided, well, you know, this is getting to be a little bit hard to keep this process thing going. And Seth had already got me interested in doing the Dab project. We were already starting it, and uh, and so uh, we just, you know, we'd done a few shows with him, and we just we'd started the recording. So we just said, hey, you know what, we're going to keep it going. And uh, our, our keyboard player went over on the bass, and we just kept on playing, kept on playing. And uh, so now we have a full-length album for the David Asher Band, finally, uh, Dab David Asher Band, finally going to be released hopefully this year. Right on, man. How's the quarantine yeah. affected everything with, as far as the band? Like, I know you guys were playing gigs. Oh, I, I, follow, I follow your Facebook page, so I'm, I'm like in it. You know what I mean? So I, I know oh, it's got to affect you guys. You know, it's just really sad. You know, we have a bunch of shows. 
booked for the summer, which probably aren't going to happen. And we were making, I mean, I'm not going to you know say how much money we're making, but it was a lot better than we've ever made with the other band. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you know, people seem to really like Dab. They, you know, we've done the, the Cannabis Cup a few times, had really good responses, all the shows we do. Uh, with the process, we were, you know, we were very bombastic. We had a big light show, lots of lasers, um, sometimes even explosions and, you know, oh, wow. and uh, 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 fog machines. And, you know, I mean, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it had a really intense energy. We used a lot of stage props, um, you know, and things like that. that you know, we had, like, our, our, our guitar player at the end of the show would wear this giant, like a, a, a Mardi Gras head, you know, which yeah. was a giant pig of a giant pig. And he would come out with this giant paper mache head at the end, you know, and these giant boots, you know, so yeah, like nice. 12 feet high, you know, yeah. but and then we, I would come out with this, like I had this Ethiopian robe that was like a, like a, like a Masonic, uh, uh, Coptic priest robe and like a skull, you know, and I come out at the beginning of the show like that. I and mean, people would just get, you know, mesmerized by it because it was such a spectacle. But, right. you know, when you're younger, you know, your nervous system can tolerate the loudest things, you know, and yeah. I right now, I like, we didn't, the press didn't rehearse that much live. We were pretty raw. And, you know, this band here, we are, we, up till the quarantine, we were very polished. But that's a sad thing because, you know, we had shows booked all through the summer. Probably, who knows if any of them are going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, so we're losing a ton of money and, and momentum because we have this album that's ready to come out and we've been working on it for four years or three years or whatever it's been. And uh, now we're like, oh, well, you know, how are we going to sell it? And, you know, I mean, I know there's people that are going to buy it, especially if we bring it out on vinyl. There's right. collectors that will get it and stuff. And anyway, it may be a process of us taking a couple years to really deal with it being released, you know what I mean? But uh, I'm hoping that we, you know, the plan was to get it out in June. We didn't quite make that deadline, but the quarantine had a lot to do with that. Yeah. And uh, I, I wasn't even able to attend the final mixing sessions, but we did review them and make our suggestions and go back. We, we worked mostly with this producer from Saginaw, uh, this young fellow named uh, Chris Lewis. And uh, he has a studio called Fire Hyena Studios. And this particular project was done with him. Okay. Um, and, 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 Matt, and Matt, who is that Mad Band, was done with him as well. Um, in the past, we worked with G. Pierce and, and Bernard Terry, who are probably best known for their work with like the Dayton family. Oh um, yeah, proof yeah, yeah. You know, I've, I, I've we worked with them too as well. I know the Daytons, and uh, right, huh? we have a record. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we have a record I've kind of been sitting on for a couple of years because this, this, it's such a uh, intense record, and this the time has got to be right. And uh, you know, I've been a I've been a cannabis activist for 30 years and also a, an anti-forfeiture activist. Okay. Uh, you know, which is, you know, I'm sure you probably know forfeiture is when you, your property is uh, uh, taken from you by the yeah. police yes. and, and seized and sold off even sometimes before you're even convicted or accused of a crime. Right. And so but they've now ended that and now we see cannabis is legal. And, you know, I, 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 I'm a little bit annoyed by these people that are getting really, really rich off of it and didn't really put the time in to help change things yeah but then i tell myself you know what you didn't get in this to get rich you got into this for the reasons of justice really i mean right. there's no reason for that plant to be illegal no reason at all and now that it's legal and some pirates are making money on it you know that really shouldn't bother me because you know i mean I, i'm just glad that it's legal now and innocent people aren't being uh jailed and persecuted anymore what i would like to see is all these people sitting in jail uh, uh, for nonviolent drug offenders, marijuana, uh, or cannabis, excuse me, cannabis uh, uh, prisoners especially need to be released now and their records expunged completely because they're not criminals. Right. They're decent law-abiding citizens who have families and it's time to cut the bullshit. Yeah, I completely you know what agree. I mean? and, and get those people out. I mean, what the hell? I'm not even you a know? cannabis smoker and I can, I 100% agree with you on that. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a new dawn, it's a new day, you know what I mean? And things are changing quickly in this country. Yeah, I mean, the world's completely different than it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago, man. Yeah, quarantine thing's been so crazy, man. What an insane thing. I mean, I always figured that, you know, that there'd be germ warfare. I figured it could be a nuclear war, it could be germ warfare. I, I knew, you know, in the back of my mind, it was always a possibility, but living through it was not something I really considered. Yeah. You know, not, yeah. The full, not the full potential of it, you know. So hopefully, you know, they'll be able to uh, find some type of a, a, a vaccine or something that help get start to get life back to normal. But we know one thing when life does go back to normal, it's not going to be the same as what it was. No, definitely not. Yeah, you know, it's going to be a my, one of one of my my hobbies for the summer is going to DTE and, you know, all the little local pubs with, with people playing music, man, and just checking all that out. And that's one thing I'm going to miss this summer. man. I know I just got oh, a yeah. got a gut feeling that you know, these concerts are not going to happen. It's just like, that's, that's one of the saddest things to me. Cause how, how enjoyable is that to head out to an outside venue, people just rocking out, man, just getting down to the music. It's just a good time. And that's just taken way, right away from us. It sucks. You know, part, part of what sort of, sort of consoles me is that we're all really in this together. And I don't care if you're just a little musician that has a, a, a gig on the corner and you can't do that or whatever, or if you're Mick Jagger or Paul McCartney or whoever you are, you can't play the stadiums you want to play. You can't do what you love. And it's been really, really hard uh, for musicians everywhere, really. I mean, everybody's, I'm amazed that everybody has tried to stay so, so, stay so positive as yeah. they have, you know, and I've really been trying to stay positive myself, but sometimes it's hard not to despair. You know, sometimes Absolutely. it's hard not to despair and, uh, you know, it's just, it's been very difficult. So yeah, this summer, you know, we're trying to bring the album out. Gigs are kind of up in the air. Um, I just picked up a residency, a little club up in Bay City called the Sandbar, which is on the river. And I'll be spinning reggae up there Friday nights, like, you know, I don't know, from five to the sun goes down. And uh, it's, you know, there's lots of room to socially distance there. So I don't see that being a problem. I'm up on a little platform myself anyway, so I'm not really worried about that. But uh you know, that's probably, that might end up being the only gig we do. We, we have a few shows booked with uh, Tenacity Brewing down at Flint, Andy, their new venue in Detroit, which is always fun, and we do them outside. So if you're outside and, you, you know, you're not going to be packed in close to people in a little room where there's no air, that might be uh, a doable situation, you know. I yeah. mean, I'm just looking for ways that we can actually get out and play. But then again, talking everybody into it and saying, look, you know, it's safe to go out. You know, that's another matter. You know, so, you know, I'm just crossing my fingers and hope for the best with everything. It's, it's pretty screwed up. Yeah, man. It's just, I think, I think the biggest thing is it's the uncertainty of everything. Like everybody, I mean, I know this, everybody's freaking out big time because like you said, nobody expected yeah. this to happen in our lifetime, but just yeah, the no, uncertainty I mean, we, and know, not knowing. It was a possibility, you know, yeah. just, thank God it wasn't Ebola. Yeah, <laughs> you really, know? right. Or a worse thing, you know, I mean, this thing's bad enough depending on, you know, your genetics and your blood type that can really take you out but like i mean at least we're not bleeding out of our ears and everything exactly you know? yeah it always could be worse man that's one way to look at it what that's what this has taught me it could always be worse i'll tell you one thing get, for me personally for me personally being tied up and in the quarantine and everything like i yeah. just recently went back to work but i'll tell you what i've been kicking ass on finding new music man because now it's it's just everywhere what, what else you got to do if you're a music lover you're right. out there searching yeah, yeah. music yeah that's the thing too, you know, with, uh, that's one thing I think maybe I should release the album, you know, before we get back to playing too many shows because people are, I mean, especially over in the UK, our, our, our friends and fans over there are really anxious to see it released and, uh, especially a vinyl release. And so, which would be the first one that we've done. And so, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, you know what, we probably should just bring it out anyway and then just deal with whatever happens after. I yeah. mean, what's the worst case scenario? I never know. CDs that are, 
something in my house, you know. Hey, I'm a vinyl collector myself, so if that, if that happens to if you happen to do that, I want one. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. we definitely got you hooked up. For yeah, we're, sure, we're gonna press a couple hundred of them, you know, and then a couple thousand CDs. And CDs are kind of on the out now too, so you gotta make uh, what do you call it? Uh, the little flash drives that go in people's cars. Yeah. Even the new cars don't have CD players, <laughs> yep. so you gotta cover yourself. You gotta make a flash drive, a cheap little flash drive with the album on it. Yeah. And put tons of stuff on that. And, but do you want to give your whole catalog away for a ten dollar flash drive? Yeah, Probably it's not. true. It's true. And then you got the vinyl album, and then the CD. You know, you want to try and do all the cover your bases on the formats. You know, I wanted to press up a 12 inch single because I've always enjoyed those. And like I said, I worked with uh, with Adrian Sherwood last summer and did a couple of new recordings with him. And uh, I would like to press that up on a 12. But these things are really expensive to do. Vinyls, you know, vi- vinyls for rich people. Yeah. I've recently just got into that hobby and I'm like looking for old, old albums, man. And they're still like 25, 30 bucks. You know, I'm like, geez. These, oh, well, the, the, the new presses are, I mean, the new presses are expensive, but they're excellent presses. I mean, most yeah. of them are like 180 gram vinyl and really, really good presses. But I mean, I don't buy much vinyl anymore. I mean, I, back in the 80s, I bought tons of uh, Jamaican vinyl mm-hmm. and I ended up just transferring it all over to CD. And that's what I, when I play out, that's what I do. I don't take my records out in the hot sun. I, I just right. put them on CD and take them out and play them then, you know. So that's that's what's fun for me. But I still collect it once in a while. If I see something I can't let go, like a Bob Marley 12 that I don't have or something, yeah. I, I snatch it up. You got to get it. Yeah. yeah. Man, so before we take a quick break, talk about, I know you're up in the uh, Saginaw area, correct? Yes, sir. Talk about what's some, what's some good places up there? Because I plan on heading up that way. Once you guys get back in full swing, I'm coming to see you guys. That's for damn sure. What are okay, some, what, what are some of the, like your favorite places to play up there? Well, we, well I really like tenacity brewing. Um, it's, it's in Flint off of Grand Travers and it's, uh, it's new. It used to be like a firehouse or something like that, but it's been there for a couple of years. They brew their own beer, but they have a, a little beer garden in the back behind the place. And it's like a natural amphitheater. It's built out of brick no roof over it and there's a big wide area out with a fire pit so we play outside there and get a nice big crowd out there oh nice and it's really really sweet so i recommend tenacity brewing um our our facebook page should have a calendar somewhere on it that you can see the list of shows that we're doing this summer i know the one the first one we were supposed to do it didn't happen which was on the 13th i think and uh but that's the, that's the first cancellation really that we had on the books right. and uh and uh then we got the Cannabis Cup coming up, and uh, you'd have to check, uh, I would check hashbashcup.com okay. uh, for if that's going to go. It's in, it's in July, I think, I forget the date, but it's in July, and we're scheduled to play that one, and I think we're playing it around 5 o'clock. But you yeah, follow our Facebook page, which is Dab David Asherband, or okay. The Process, either, either one. Um, we'll have information on that. So if that's a go, that'll be at the Wyndham, the Wyndham uh, Hilton Garden uh, in Ann Arbor which is a, a great venue to play. They bring a big stage in and we play inside. And if you've never been to a cannabis cup, that's a good one to go to because it's, it's kind of yeah. a, a mind, uh, a mind bender. I got a lot of know. friends that attend that and I've, I've never been, I plan on doing that. You got to once in your life, even if you don't smoke, just to see how yeah. the other half lives. You know? Yeah, exactly. They had, they had one little room in there. I, they're not going to be able to do this, whatever they do, if they do it this year or if they don't. They had one little room in there with vendors. I mean, and I'm, I'm a smoker. I'm, you know, 30, 40 years, all the long it's been on. I lose track. But uh, <laughs> I went in this little room, and there was like this pink, <laughs> pink haze in there. People <laughs> packed in there, and they're all smoking dabs and chiefing down on bongs and spliffs and pipes, and they're all smoking at once. And it's like, you know, there's like 75 people in this little room, yeah. and they got like rap music blasting in the corner. I walked around in there, and I, I about stumbled out of there. I'm like, <laughs> I, couldn't even hang, I couldn't even hang with it. But the main part of the hotel is pretty cool. You just can't smoke in the rooms. So you get a, you know, get a room for the weekend, and it's, the party's on, you know. And uh, 
so that's been really fun. We, you know, we played with John Sinclair, um, some of the, some of my more the fun gigs we've done. Um, up in Saginaw, there's not a ton of really good venues up there right now. And we, uh, White's Bar is a legendary little bar. Uh, of course, it's been closed since quarantine, but it's a little too small for us. We have played it, but it's a little too small. Um, hopefully, we'll be at the Sandbar in Bay City, which is a place that I enjoy. That's a bigger venue. All right, it's on. right on the river, and that's where I'll be deep day on Fridays here coming up in a couple weeks throughout the summer, uh, weather permitting. Cool. And, uh, yeah, the Sandbar is good. The Tenacity Brewing is the one I recommend the most out of all the venues we play, and that's closer to you, too. So, Oh, sweet. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll make the drive, man. Yeah. I, trust me, I'll make the drive. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get out there and see some here and see, you know, some performances. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll really, I think you'll really like uh, the new band. I mean, you know, and I haven't really ever really broken the process up. I've never said we're not going to play again because I love those guys and I love the band, and uh, so I play a lot of process stuff. I mean, shit, that was that's those are my songs, you know. Yeah, I, you yeah. know 25 years of songs that my that I wrote but we don't do like the heavy rock stuff we just do the reggae stuff and we do a roots spin on it because I've always wondered how that stuff would sound to be played yeah. like you know like by rootsy music you know like real 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 player Jamaican players right and uh, our guys aren't Jamaican but they got a real good feel for that stuff and uh, and you know this band is great everybody listens to each other and there's lots of space in the music and it's not such a, it's not such an uh, assault you know uh, on the senses as, as the process is but uh, like I said I haven't I I can't bring myself to end that band. It, it, it'll it'll always live, as far as I'm concerned, as long as there's breath in me. You right know, on. and, and uh, you know, and, I mean, Bill and Gabe and Garrick are still here. You know, there's uh, no reason to think we can never play again. You know what I mean? There's just got to be the right circumstances. And right now, everybody's doing their own thing. And uh, Garrick's raising family. Bill's out in Vegas. Gabe's doing all of his projects in Detroit. He's super busy. And uh, me, I've got my project, and I'm really, I really love it. So you know, that's what it's going to be for a while, I think. Right on, yeah. man. Yep, That's yep, good yep, shit yep, right yep, there. Forward. All right, man. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to throw in two tracks real quick so people can hear that. And uh, we'll get more from you. Give me just a minute. We'll take a quick break. Uh, we're going to throw it right now. We're going to play Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. That's one of my favorites right there. Sweet. You know, that features Dick Wagner, a uh, yeah. legendary guitar player from Saginaw. I played with Aerosmith and Alice Cooper. And he was an old friend of mine. And uh, I invited him to do the track. And he came up to Saginaw from Detroit and uh, nailed it. And then um, went to Arizona and had heart surgery and passed away like two weeks after we did the track. Oh, wow. So it was just such a such a great opportunity to have him on it. And uh, I'm so glad that we were able to do it before he passed. Yeah, definitely. You're a good friend of mine, you know. Rest in yeah. peace to that, man. All right, man. We're going to play that right now. We're going to be right cool. back. It's the J-Bone Show. Let 
Protecting the people Saving their lives Then came the cartel with drug money Oh no He took the bribe Now blood is running And it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde Which one will he be? He must decide One is for the truth and for the rights The other takes away the people's lives
footsteps of his majesty is not in vain Lion of Judah have prevailed Hail the kings of kings, praise his name Lion of Judah have prevailed The footsteps of his majesty is not in vain Temptation and foolish, hurtful lust, greed, envy, and craving for power drowns men in destruction. Propaganda is only a tool, just a tool of the foolish. Take heed and beware of jealousy. Life is not in abundance of possessions. A child is born In an ancient land called Ethiopia The province of Iran Lichtafari he is named A divine personality Crown the kings, the lords of lords The lily of the valley The vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth He makes lightnings for the rain And brings forth the wind, yeah He gathers the wind in his hands And wraps the waters in his garment He has established the ends of the earth By his name, Rastafari Lion of Judah, I prevail Hail the kings of kings, praise his name The Lion of Judah have prevailed The footsteps of his majesty is not in vain Lion of Judah have prevailed Hail the kings of kings, praise his name The Lion of Judah have prevailed The footsteps of his majesty is not in vain Yo guys, it's J-Bone, and I'm always looking for new music to play on the J-Bone Show. 
So if you're a local artist, doesn't matter the genre, and you want your music to be featured on The J-Bone Show, all you got to do is send those tracks to Show at gmail.com. MP3 files only for it to be played on future shows. Can't wait to hear it. Let's go. All right, and we are back. Man, that... Some jams, man. I got, I got to give it to you. My that I would never, I never really got into like the reggae music besides Bob Marley. That's really all I ever listened to. But this shit, I'm telling you, it, it's opening up like a new world for me in music. It's fucking that's, great. That's fantastic. You know, it, it's kind of funny with with the process. I had hoped to cross reggae music over to rock fans, but you know, and, and that's or, you know, and, and and I wanted to gain reggae fans in doing that. But more we crossed over to rock fans than gaining reggae fans. You know. And because it, I guess being from where we're from and everything like that, but yeah, that track "Blind of Judah" is a real special track to me. That's the first uh, collaboration we did with our friends over in the UK, and uh, uh, this artist Ghetto Priest, uh, who is this uh, Rastafari singer from uh, from the, from London, and uh, I mean he's uh, he sings with Asian Dub Foundation, uh, who's a very popular political group uh, of, of uh, they do punk and reggae and dub and you know baranga music and kind of a, a fusion of Indian music and rock and punk and dub. And, uh, and so he sings with them and he's also got a lot of great solo recordings and he works with the Anya sound label. Okay. So he works with Adrian Sherwood. And then of course we worked with Skip McDonald from Little Axe on that track as well. And uh, Mickey Sound, uh, who is this, a girl over in the UK that we that we work with quite often. She's from Brazil, beautiful, beautiful girl, beautiful voice. And she sings some stuff on, uh, I think it was that Mad Band as well. You know, the backing vocals and stuff. So she's on the Dab album, and we have some mixes from Adrian Sherwood on that album as well. So, but yeah, Ghetto Priest, I can't recommend him enough. If you like, if you like, well, his, vo- his, vo- his vocals are on there, um, yeah, obviously. Yeah. And uh, he's a, you can you can easily tell his voice different from mine. Yeah. You know, like we have totally different styles. He's he's you know he's very silky and spooky sounding to me. I mean, it's eerie <laughs> almost, but spectral. I would say yeah. you know, is his style. It's, it's very mystical. And uh, where I'm kind of bringing the fire and brimstone, that's my style. Right. On. So, but I think we work. I think we work well together, me and him. So we've done a couple of different collaborations. Um, we did one called "Return the Treasures" from a couple of years ago, which was a really interesting track that closes the album out. That had uh, Lee Scratch Perry on it, you know. And Lee Perry, of course, is you know, like I said, the guy that taught Bob Marley how to write songs. I mean, oh, wow, like okay. basically Bob, Bob Marley lived with him, you know, when he could, didn't have a place to live, and uh, you know, Scratch brought him in, and you know, basically brought him international. You know, gave, right. gave, showed him how to raise his voice, gave him that international sound and took him to that next level. You know, Lee is still touring until the quarantine he was. He's 83. He's, he's about Holy five foot four. He can kick over his head. I mean, <laughs> he is just amazing. His beard is bright red, bright red beard and bright red hair. He's, his, his wife is several decades younger than him. The guy is just <laughs> a powerhouse. He's a powerhouse, you know, and he's very eccentric. I mean, he's got mirrors all over himself and, <laughs> right on, man. He's a lot of fun. He's a lot of fun. He's a lot of mischievous, I would say, you know? Yeah. And uh, like an emperor genie. Right on. And, uh, really? So, yes, you know, having him on our record is a great honor, too, as well. And just, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so Ghetto Priest, check his music out. I can't recommend it. Enough. Yeah, He's definitely. Favorite artists. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love him. I love so, him. And, uh, as far as like, you know, coming back, you know, now that the quarantine is, is lifted, everything's going to soon go back to what is going to be the new norm, I, I guess. You got so I know you said earlier you got tour dates and stuff that you that maybe rescheduled or canceled. But you got anything coming up like soon in the near future? I'm sure you probably already mentioned it, but just so people know, you got well, some- nothing really. Nothing really. I mean, we're waiting for the word. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've got I've got stuff. Uh, I got stuff uh, booked in July now. Nothing really in June. 
Um, cause June's kind of like cash, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so then I've got stuff coming up at Tenacity Brewing in Detroit. We have a gig in June at that place and we've never played there before. It's a new venue. And then we have another one at Tenacity Brewing in August and then the Cannabis Cup in July. I think that, that's all the top of my head. Those are the only ones I can really think of that we're doing. I mean, we only play a couple shows a month on the average anyway. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not, I mean, we have toured before with the process a little bit around here, you know? We've played, you know, in LA and New York and in the Quad Cities. We played around a lot, but this this particular group has not gone that far yet as far as touring. Okay. Um, but you know, with this situation, who knows? You know what? what you know, I'm hoping that. I mean, right now they're talking about venues being allowed to open at 50 percent capacity. Yeah. Well, we're wondering is that going to mean 50 percent pay? Are we better just to hold the uh, hold the reins of this horse in a minute longer until things get back a little bit more to normal because we're finally getting decent money. You know, after all these years, you right. know, and now that now now it's like I feel like uh, kind of like an earthquake. You know, like the sand is shifting under our feet, and we don't really know where to step. Yeah, you know what I mean. Definitely. But I know I'm not the only one feeling that way. You know, yeah. I'm not the only one feeling that way. Like it's you said earlier, man, we're all in this together. Yeah, big or small, it's you know, yeah. it's a challenge for one and all. You know, right, it is, man. you know. And uh, so, yeah, I don't have, a, I don't have a show. I wish I could tell you I have a show next week. Come on up. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, but just, you know, check out the music. You know, there's, there's videos live. There's live videos on the process page and there's live videos on the dad page. You can check out some of our live, live videos. And that's probably what the closest you're going to get to see us for a minute, at least maybe till next month, depending, you know, and follow our Facebook page. Uh, you know, it's, uh, facebook.com slash dab David Asher band and, or facebook.com slash the process. Either of those page, uh, pages will have, or Twitters or Instagram will have, uh, will have information on when our shows are going to be. Right on. So, or if, if they're going to happen, you know, we, 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 we hope and pray that they are, but you know, uh, things have to open up. I mean, we, you know, we can't just go out there and play to half capacity or, you know, it's, I think at, at, at uh, tenacity would be nice to play outside because there's plenty of room and it doesn't have to be half capacity. Yeah. You can, you can kind of space out. Can come. Yeah, yeah. Stay away from everybody. Just come out there and be a big party. Hell know? yeah, man. That's what I'm yeah, talking about. So that's going to be those, you know, we, they, they did reschedule um, June show. They're going to, they're going to, or they're going to reschedule. They temporarily uh, on pause, but there is uh, the one coming up in August and another one at their new venue in Detroit. Uh, in uh, in, in uh, July. So if those shows happen, I, I will reach out to you and definitely let you know. Oh, man, I'll be there. Definitely. 100%. Oh. So yeah. before we get out of here, man, we're going to get into the new music. Uh, before we do that, I ask all the artists the same question. I got one question I like to ask everybody, man. Sure. So for someone starting off new, a brand new artist, very green, very, very new to the industry, what kind of advice would you give them just coming into the music world? Well, if they're a songwriter, well, first off, I would recommend they get good representation. And, uh, you know, you really, you really need a, a good representation and not a lawyer that's going to take all your money, but somebody that believes in you. And we've been very blessed that we've had a firm that we've worked with since the mid-90s. And through them, I uh, actually was a music consultant because I've been in the business so long and I've learned a lot. Um, the most important thing I would say to do is take care of your publishing. You know, get yourself affiliated with a performing rights society so that you can recoup your royalties when that time comes, whether it's through Spotify streams or however, radio play or whatever. And you'll find that, you know, really, I mean, there's only a few different performing rights societies in the world. There's ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, PRS. These are all, you'll look on the CDs you have, they'll always see published by ASCAP, and then you'll see the publishing company's name. So you need to get your publishing straight, and you've got to get yourself a writer membership and a publisher membership, which is basically set to start your own publishing company. 
Um, it costs a couple of dollars. It's not a lot, a few dollars, but uh, uh, we 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 are uh, we go through ASCAP, but uh, we actually did a couple cover tunes on this new album, which we uh, have not done many of in the past. We've done like two, I think, or three. And uh, but this album has a couple, and I had to buy the licenses for them, and that, and that hurt my pocketbook. Right, right. <laughs> but so yeah, but no, that's why that's how you get your money, really. I mean, if, you, if you're not set up to get your publishing straight, you're not going to be straight. You got to you got to get things set from the get go. If you're going to write songs, they got to be published. If they're not published, you're not going to get any money. Yeah. You can sell a CD out of your trunk, but you're not going to get that royalty money, and that's what you want. Right. Because when you get that one million streams, you want to be able to recoup that. So there you go. I don't know if anybody's ever given you that advice before starting out as a new No. There's some wisdom right the there, man. Write that shit down. Take, take it to the bank and cash that check when Hell it comes. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> All right, man. So before we get out of here, any last messages from you to the world, man? Everybody's listening. How do you, how do you, uh, how do we get back? You know, as people, just to the norm, man. We got to love each other, brother. We got to deep down, reach deep down and, and, and pull the love out, even if we're not feeling it. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm at Sir Selassie. I'm a Rastafari. So that love is always in my heart. You know, right and everybody on. else, I recommend that, you know. I mean, I, I can get angry. I can get, you know, frustrated just like everybody else. But that love is what you got to focus on always, you know. And, uh so yeah, you got you were gonna play something from Dab. You said yeah, uh, man. The new the, the newest one from Dab. Is this the newest one you got from Dab? This is the one, yeah. It has not been played. No one's heard it yet, and it's a brand new song. And it's a song about a uh, a gentleman from Saginaw uh, that was killed by the Saginaw police execution style a few years ago. And uh, they just had a big uh, protest, uh, a, a memorial for him, sort of in Saginaw, where about three hundred people showed up. But oh, wow. I don't think his story was ever really told enough. I mean, they really, literally, well, the song, the song tells the story, so I don't need to tell it. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's called Forty Seven Shots, the Ballad of Milton Hall, and that's on the new album by Dab. And uh, so Dab is like I don't know, Dave Ivory on guitar and uh, William Pestle on bass, Derek Davis on drums. And then on this track, we have uh, uh, Nick Pena on, on playing the horns. Nick is a real talented player. He lives in Pontiac and plays with us a lot. Right on, man. All right, cool. So, We're going to get into that, man. I want to thank you for calling in. If it's one thing that brings us all together, man, it's the music. And I, right. I, I appreciate right. your yeah. music, man. Thank you for sharing your music with me and, and my fans on the show. And hopefully people reach out to you and we'll keep I this thing rolling, you, Jordan. Man. You know, it's good that you're pushing the Michigan artists because there's so many great Michigan artists. And, uh, not enough are uh, are making their their, their, their their surf scene. You know what I mean. If you yeah. can push them up the surface so people notice them, that's that's a beautiful thing, and it's appreciated. That's right, man. Appreciate that. All right, we're gonna get into it right now. It's from Dab. It's called Forty Seven Shots, and it's on the J Bone Show. That may have not been paid for He was angry that morning And he had no warning The clerk called 911 The cops were on their way 47 shots rang out in the Saginaw air Seven shots and six officers all were there Though he was meant to 
mentally ill And armed with just a knife Forty-seven shots rang out and snuffed Milton Hall's life Execution style, they gunned him down in a parking lot In view of the women and children there The shots kept coming just like a firing squad But they found them not guilty through poor judgment, panic and fear In a place where life is so cheap Most people turn their faces away Covering their children's eyes Believing the police lies Staring at the ground Walking with nothing to say Hey, this is J-Bone. I'm looking for locals in the metro Detroit area to come on my show, The J-Bone Show, right here on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Are you a local business owner, local entrepreneur? You an MMA fighter, a wrestler? You a local musician, rapper, singer, guitar player? You in a band? Come to my show. Let's promote you. Let's get your story out and how you got there. The J-Bone Show, right here on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.